at this time, our first message today will be brought to us by Reg Nolan. It is entitled, God Sets the Table, a Review of the Dietary Laws. I'm following the pattern that says uh, we're to rehearse things in season and in out. So, uh, last time I gave this message was about eight years or so ago, so it's about time that we will have a repeat on this one. So, this is the dietary law. Uh, back in February of uh, 1984, when I first came into the church, I had to make many, many changes to my lifestyle, as did many of you. Fortunately, I guess, um, one of the first persons I became friends with in church was Maxine. And I could always rely on Maxine to point out whenever and wherever I was wrong. Indeed, she seemed to be blessed with the gift of exhortation. Uh, one of the first areas that I obviously need to correct was my dietary and cooking habits. For I was oblivious to the Levitical dietary laws and had put myself through high school and college by cooking in various restaurants. Hence, I was familiar with various cuisines, both kosher and non-kosher, steak and barbecue, American Southern, Chinese, Mexican, Italian, French, and Cajun. Of those, uh, the cuisine that was most requested by my non-church friends was Cajun, which is also the least kosher, the least kosher. For the Cajun will eat anything what don't bite him first, and some of them what do. Now, I, um, there would be no critter. No critter exempt from the Cajun boiling pot. And if that critter be a little bit slimy, that's okay. I have a little wine. That wine will take that, take that slime right off. Okay? You know, our Cajun measures wine, don't you? It measures wine in seconds, not in uh, ounces or cups or anything like that. It measures wine in seconds. And grab that wine bottle by its neck and look at his wristwatch. And it says, about 15 seconds here. And whatever don't go into the, in the boiling pot, it goes into the cake and cook himself. Uh-huh. Um, out of self-preservation, I suppose, after she saw my Cajun dishes, Maxine introduced me to the dietary laws. Um, first, she showed me Leviticus 11. I said, huh. Then she gave me articles um, detailing the scientific evidence against eating non-kosher meat. And I said, uh-huh. And then she showed me Deuteronomy 14, and I said, huh, again. And then my mind went, and when it stopped, I said, okay. And I closed the book, reformulated my recipes. Tissue gumbo becomes beef gumbo. Crab meat al gotten becomes turkey al gotten. Bourdain, you know what Bourdain is, okay. Um, Bourdain becomes pepper stuffed with beef and rice. The changes presented to me, no real problems, especially since I wasn't all that fond of pork or seafood anyway. I've been able to continue in this way without Congress for the past nearly 40 years, but then now I'm in control of my own diet. However, when I was preaching, we would occasionally have uh, educational workshops uh, that were, to say the least, not very considerate of my dietary restrictions and their lunch menu for our workshop, serving 
uh, ham sandwiches, sausage and pepperoni pizzas, and hoagies. During one sh workshop, the instructor at the workshop, the instructor was Jewish, who was rightly offended um, by the disrespect shown to her in the menu selection. She never tried to without not eating um, the food, which led to an interesting exchange between us. In the course of our discussion, uh, we, I realized that in addition to the clean unclean meat, the Jews also had a prohibition against eating meat and dairy at the same meal or even within six hours of one another. I asked her if she knew the scriptural authorization for this prohibition uh, since I was unfamiliar with such a law. She could not tell me, but she emailed her father for the source. He didn't know either, but he referred me to a Jewish book of laws on Kashrut, which is a body of laws regarding kosher food, eating habits, and preparation of said food. I used the internet to research the topic and discovered several interesting facts I want to share with you today, time permitting. Um, I may have to cut this into two pieces. Um, uh, the, uh, interesting facts I want to share as we explore the Jewish tradition against eating fleshy and milked, that's meat and milk, um, together on any basis w whatsoever in the written word of God. For if it does, if it does, the ramifications of this are significant. Not only would it mean no more meat and cheese sandwiches, for example, uh, that includes the Reubens, the Philly cheesesteak, and cheeseburgers, but it would also eliminate all Cajun, even my modified version, all, most Italian, almost all Mexican, and most French, much of the American Southern cooking, consider all the cream gravies and, and all the, 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 the um, meat and things that are served together. Uh, even steaks with cream vegetables or baked potato, if the potato has butter, sour cream, or cheese on it, and any dairy drink, including milkshakes and other things as well, um, within six hours of a, a meal containing meat or poultry. To those of us who like food, and many of us do, um, this is some serious stuff especially for those of us who will drive, you know, four to six hours just for a single meal, or who plan our, uh, our trips around meals along the way. All right. But the food itself does not commend us. Eating kosher. Food does not commend us. That's important as a lot. Okay. Uh, look at 1 Corinthians 8, um, verses 8 through 13. The food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we better, or, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. But beware lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in the idol's temple, Will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because your knowledge shall be the weak brother perish for whom Christ died, but when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, 
If food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. So, the food itself does not commend us, nor does it condemn us. So we have to be aware of that. Back in the beginning, in the Genesis part, uh, the passage, this passage suggests that a vegan or vegetarian diet is at least permissible most of the year, if not even preferred, especially in light of God's commandments to Adam and Eve in Genesis. Genesis 1.29 says, And God said, See, I have given to you every green herb that yields its seed, uh, which is on the face of the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. And uh, chapter 2, 15 and 17 says, uh, And the Lord took the, uh, the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, Of every green tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in that day you really shall surely die. Notice that even among the plants there was a restriction placed upon them. Okay? Matthew will appreciate this one because it says the restriction is placed that they must be seed-bearing. Hence, plants that reproduce by spores, such as mushrooms, um, may not have been intended to be used for food. However, on at least Passover, we are commanded to eat of the sacrificial lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You may take it from it from the sheep or from the goat. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house where they eat, and they shall eat the flesh. They shall eat the flesh uh, on that night, roasted in fire, with unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do, do not eat it raw, nor boil with I, th I think I'm the only one here who might eat it raw, but let's see. Um, no boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its uh, head with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and whatever remains of it until morning, you shall burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it um, with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So shall you eat it in haste. This is the Lord's Passover. So most of my message today will be a review of God's dietary laws as described in two places primarily, Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14. But first, let's consider what does it mean to be clean? What does it mean to be clean? Um, the word clean comes from Tehar. This is Strong's uh, 2889, and it literally means pure. But as pertaining to food, it means fit for human consumption. Unclean comes from the word tame, uh, tam, uh, uh, Strong's 2930, and it literally means foul, impure, polluted, or rejected. But pertaining to food, it means simply not appropriate for human consumption. Now, this is not a new concept. This is not a new concept at all. In fact, it predates Moses. Noah knew it. Look at, look at, um, okay, uh, let me back up this one. If we do eat flesh, we, uh, is things that are considered in, in the Jewish caste root, the method of slaughter, 
uh, circumstances of death, the age of the animal, the types of meat or organs that include, and preparation techniques. But as I said, even Noah knew this. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come unto the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven pairs, and not seven animals, but seven actual pairs, the male and his mate, and the female. Of each clean animal, a male and his female, two pair each of uh, animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Animal essence has not changed. Animal essence has not changed in the 6,000 years since God gave us his dietary plan. Rather, animals continue to reproduce after their time, for generation after generation after generation. Hence, if the animal was unclean when God gave us the dietary laws, when he created it, then it remains by nature unfit for human consumption today. Modern meat processing techniques cannot change the essential nature of the animal itself. Um, let's look at Genesis 1, verses 24 and 25. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after its, after its time. That's important. Um, cattle and creepers and the beasts of the earth after its time. It was so. And God made the beasts of the, uh, of the earth after its time, and the animal, and cattle after their time, and all the creatures on the earth after their time. And God saw that it was good. It's all good, but good for different purposes, for different reasons. There are some animals that are categorically unclean. If you want to find the actual dietary laws, as I mentioned earlier, Leviticus 11 and... Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14 are your references on that one. Okay, there are some animals, though, that are categorically unclean. They include all reptiles, uh, which, if it's a reptilian critter, don't eat it. Uh, all amphibians, all shellfish and invertebrates, all swarming things, including reptiles, amphibians, rodents, and most insects. Now, there is a kosher exclusion here that I'm doing for this purposes there. there. There are certain insects that we can eat, particularly members of the locust family and the grasshopper family, uh, but most of them we can't. But since we don't usually eat insects anyway, I'm going to skip that part uh, as well. Okay? All right, let's go through the, the things that we do. The clean beasties, they call them. Now, the Lord, this is Leviticus 11, verses 1 through 8. Um, a large portion is given here because this is for the animals that we would eat most often. The Lord uh, spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying to them, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, These are the animals that you may eat among the animals that are on the earth. And the animals, whatever device the hills to heaven, cloven hooves and chewing the cud. Chewing the cud means eat grass. And, and cloven hooves means that uh, if you've got a single hoof, that's split into two pieces. Okay? Uh, not toes. By the way, not toes, but a hoof. It's very important to make that distinction. Nevertheless, these shall, ye shall not eat among those that chew the cud, for they have a cloven hoof. The camel, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, it has toes instead, is unclean to you. The rock hyrax, uh, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. The hare, that's a rabbit, uh, because it chews the cud, but does not have cloven hooves, is unclean to you. And the swine, though it devised the hoof, 
having cloven hooves, yet it does not chew the cud. Ever watch a hog eat? It just swallows everything whole. Um, uh, their flesh you shall not eat, and their carcass you shall not touch. They are unclean to you. Okay? But that's not enough. In Leviticus, we've got the same passage basically repeated, uh, but more detail in Deuteronomy 14. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all people who are on the face of the earth. You shall not eat any detestable thing. These are the animals that you may eat, the sheep, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the mountain goat, the antelope, the mountain sheep, and you shall put every animal with cloven hooves, having the hoof split into two parts that choose the cud among the animals. Nevertheless, of those that chew the cud or have cloven uh, hooves, you shall not eat, such as these, the camel, the hare, the rock pirate, and they chew the cud but do not have the cloven hoof. They are unclean to you. And the swine is unclean to you. The probably has the cloven hoof, yet does not chew the cud. You shall not eat of their flesh nor touch their dead bodies. Now, this is great guidance, as long as we're talking about the animals that are on the hoof. But when we go to a restaurant, we don't get to see what kind of animal it is, do we? So how can you tell if it's a clean animal or an unclean animal and it's already been cooked and served to you. You just hit the bone. Hit the bone. Oh, by the way, here, let me show you some pictures of, of what it means for clean sheep. This is, uh, let's say, sheep uh, or lamb. And notice again the cloven hoof. Goat has a cloven hoof. Deer has a cloven hoof. Bovine cattle have a cloven hoof. No problem with any of those. But here are the feet of unclean animals. Notice, uh, the cheetah, for example, has toes, paws and toes. House cat, toes and paws. Uh, here we have a dog's uh, paw in human hands, neither of which is clean. Okay. Uh, the alpaca has, notice what these are. This is not hooves. These are toes with very strong nails. Uh, the horse has no cleft in the hoof, so it's not clean. The swine has the uh, cloven hoof, but it does not um, it does not chew the cud. Here's a close-up picture of the picture. Camel has toes, not um, uh, hoof. Okay, got the idea? See the difference between them? Okay. Now here's some more unclean beasties. Uh, the mouse uh, has you know fingers almost uh, like elephant has uh, toes. A lizard has almost fingers there for the raccoon. Uh, rhino has toes. Hippo has toes. Giant tortoise has toes. Uh, marmot, uh, armadillo, platypus. Okay, all of those unclean animals. And you can tell because they don't have hooves. So here's a, here's a summary, basically, uh, what I, I have. <coughs> for you. These are the clean mammals, and you notice what they must have. Uh, on the on one see. Here we have choose the cud, but they don't have a cloven hoof. Here we have cloven hoof, but do not chew the cud. Only the ones in the middle who have both characteristics are considered clean. All reptiles, amphibians, squirrel, raccoon, opossum, skunk, weasel, armadillo, human beings, that's what cannibalism is outlawed. All uh, primates, all felines, all canines, all earth sign, that's bears, 
all marsupials of the kangaroo family, all rodents, all of those, I'm thankful. Diet? Had done. How about secret OOMC? That is on there. Ashes on the plate, look at the bone. Look at the rib bones in particular. Unclean animals have round bones. Clean animals have flat bones. That is on my chart. See what I mean by that. Here's a picture. These are beef ribs. Notice how they're flat on one side. These are spare ribs, pork. Notice how round they are. That characteristic holds true throughout the animal kingdom. Clean animals have flat bones. Uh, unclean animals have round bones. Guess what? Human beings have round bones. Who are unclean? Okay. Sea critters. Now, this one's really simple. These you may eat of all that are in the water. Uh, whatever in the water has both fins and scales. Whatever in the sea that is in the river, that you may eat. But all that are in the seas and rivers that do not have both fins and scales, all that move in the waters or any living things which are in the waters, they are an abomination to you. They shall be an abomination to you. You shall not eat their flesh, but you shall regard their property as an abomination. Whatever in the water does not have both fins and scales, they shall be an abomination to you. I've added the word both in there. It's an understood uh, point to make it clear. Deuteronomy um, okay, um, this clause clearly prohibits all shellfish and invertebrates because they don't have bones. Uh, yet those entrees are, have, are the most popular and the most expensive on the island. On the menu. Okay. Oh, I didn't put that. Okay. I got that in the area. Okay. This is in Deuteronomy. Those of you, those that may, these you may eat of all that are in the waters. You may uh, eat of uh, all that have both fins and scale, and whatever does not have both fins and scale, you shall not eat. It is unclean. Here's a visual um, for this one as well. Notice uh, it has to have both it has scales and it has to have fins. It has both of those, hence considered clean. And here's a list, bass, salmon, tuna, perch, trout, crawfish, flounder, red snapper, sardines, whiting, halibut, etc. Okay. Once it has fins, but don't have scales, or things like catfish, shark, swordfish, eel, those have a skin instead of scales. Those who have scales but don't have fins are things like gar and sea snakes. Again, notice all shellfish, including shrimp, lobster, crab, oyster, mollusk, clam, crayfish, squid, octopus, jellyfish, Portuguese man of war, snail, slug, all manner of rep water reptiles and amphibians, including frogs, uh, sea mammals such as seals, walrus, sea cow, whales, dolphin, and porpoise, all of those are unclean. All of those are unclean. Again, notice the most expensive items on the menu. Ashes on the plate. Guess what? The same rule applies. Look at the bone. Look at the bone. Um, if it doesn't have bones, it's unclean. If it doesn't have bones, it's unclean. Trout tuna have flat rib bones. 
captive around the tongue. If it has a shell, then it's unclean. If it has a skin, if it has scales, then it's unclean. Okay, let's take a look at some of this. These are some of the subtle things. Ashes is on the plate, but even after it's on the plate, you can tell. Here we have trout. If you notice the trout, those are flat wood bones that we have here. Here's the bluefin tuna. Those are flat wood bones. Here is catfish. So if you look at the bones of the catfish up close, you see they are round and spiny. Uh, shrimp, of course, have no bones at all. They are, um, they have a shell, a, an exoskeleton and such. Here are some more. Lobster, for example, has no bones. It is, uh, has an exoskeleton and such. King crab legs, also. Steamed clams, squid, calamari, and oysters on the half shell, no bones at all. Am I making my point yet? You can see by the bones? No bones about it. All right, let's look at the birdies again. Okay. Uh, king birds. Uh, and these, make sure I take right one. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, and these you shall regard as an abomination among the birds. They uh, shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle, the vulture, the vulture, brother, the kite, the falcon after his kind, every raven after his kind, the ostrich and the short-eared owl, the seagull and the hawk after his kind, the little owl, the fisher owl, the screech owl, the white owl, the jackdaw, the carrion vulture, the stork, and the heron after his kind, the hoopy, uh, and the bat. Okay, all of those are considered unclean. Okay, it's confirmed in Deuteronomy. Uh, all king birds you can eat, but uh, these you cannot eat. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the, the red kite, the falcon, the kite after his kind, every raven after his kind, the ostrich, the short-eared owl, the seagull, the hawk after his kind, the little owl, the screech owl, the white owl, the jackdaw, the carrion vulture, the fisher owl, the stork, and the heron after his kind, and the hoopsie in the back. Okay, those are all the ones you can't eat. Notice the pattern here. Most of the birds that we can't eat are they fall into one of two categories. They're either seabirds or they're uh, raptors, birds of prey. They're one of those two kinds, basically. All right. Um, so here's a visual again. If you want to see what birds, how to recognize birds, they have to have two characteristics as well. A pointed beak and three toes forward, one toe back. So the three toes forward, uh, the raven, crow, and the cuckoo have that characteristic, but they don't have a pointed beak. On the other hand, a, uh, an ostrich, an emu, and a penguin all have the pointed beak, but do not have uh, three toes forward. If you go to the zoo, check out the penguin. Uh, sorry, check out the uh, ostrich. You know, because ostrich has become a very popular meat of late. But if you look at the ostrich feet, they don't have two toes. They only have two toes. Okay. Any scavenger bird or bird of prey, including owls, hawks, eagles, ostrich, falcons, vultures, condors, buzzards, etc., or sea birds such as gulls, falcons, flamingos, albatross, and toucan salmon, all of those unclean. Ones that are clean, that have both characteristics, chicken, guinea hen, turkey, pheasant, quail, most songbirds, ducks, doves, uh, cornish hen, sea fowl, geese, or birds like that. Here's some examples of some beaks. These are all different kinds of bird beaks. Some of them are clean, like uh, this one, for example. Notice this one comes to a point, even though it's rounded on the end. So a duck's bill, for example, would be considered clean 
because it comes to a point that even though it is rounded at the end. Okay, uh, here are some very cheap. Um, there as well. Notice the hawk has a two, two forward, two back for scratching. This is a mallard, which is a duck, three toes forward, even though there's webbing in between, one toe back. Um, notice the ostrich only has two toes. Parrot has two toes forward, two toes back. Uh, crow, uh, even though it has um, three toes forward and one toe back, it, it has a, does not have a pointed beak. But it is, uh, woodpecker has two toes forward, two toes back for scratching and hanging onto a tree. The grouse, which is like a chicken or bird, uh, also uh, ostrich on the plate again. Look at the bone. Look at the bone. Okay. Here we have a chicken. Chicken has flat bones. Look at the rib bones in particular. Uh, turkey has flat rib bones. Parrot, though, and owl have round bones. Uh, as I gave, uh, had uh, John give you a handout sheet, and on the back of it, uh, you see the partial list of uh, clean animals on there as well. Okay. There is a restriction. So everything in, and so far has been pretty uh, straightforward and clear. Okay. There is a prohibition, though, against... Uh, Don't have my Bible up there with me. What does it tell? What does it tell? I've got. I've got some. There are some qu questionable scriptures in, that I'll cover in the second half of this. If you look on the back on the sheet, there are several troublesome passages, and I will address that. But well, let me finish this first, okay? All right. There are several troublesome passages, and I've got those listed in the back of the sheet and that sheet that I gave you there. And I will address them in the second half of uh, this message, which I won't be able to do. I'm going to have to quit after this reading piece here on the prohibition against eating blood and uh, fat. Okay, if you will, um, speak to your children of Israel, saying, You shall not eat any fat of an ox or sheep or goat, or the fat of any animal that dies naturally, and the fat of that which is torn by wild beasts. Maybe uh, or maybe used in any other way, but you shall by no means eat it. For whosoever eats of the fat of the animals which men shall offer, uh, of which men offer an offering made by fire to the Lord, that person eats it shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, you shall not eat any blood in any of your dwelling, whether a bird or beast. Whoever eats any blood, that people that person shall be cut off from his people. Okay. All right. So I'm going to have to break it here and talk about the uh, Jewish rules of kashrut, which is not scriptural in many cases. Uh, and what we'll look at, examine those in more detail the next time. Uh, uh, but you know, think about what God has given us. He has given us a very large menu to work with. And we should be thankful for what we do have. Okay. Yeah. What, what, what does it say?
argument there. But well, let me let me address that in the second half. Like I said, when I, I address troublesome uh, scriptures uh, later on. Okay, I don't. I've got not enough time to go into it right now, but I will address it. Okay, thank you, Larry. I'll put that one on my list. Okay. All right. Uh, Sean, I'll turn it back over to you.